Welcome to the Floor Plane Home Podcast, a podcast that exists to start a conversation about life at home, both aesthetically and relationally. On today's episode, we have Heather Beer. She is a licensed family and marriage counselor here in Fargo, and we chat with her about a topic that's super important, loving your spouse through depression. She is a wealth of knowledge and shares with us some of the differences in depression between men and women. Will you join us at Flora Pine Home? Hey, beautiful people. I just wanted to quick pop on here and just do a little bit of an intro before we hop into the episode, only because this episode is a little bit different of a topic than we've done so far. But we're really excited about this because the heart behind Flora Pine Home is not just to talk about fun home stuff, but also to talk about the stuff that happens inside the home, the real life stuff. So we hope that you're really, really encouraged by this episode. We were super inspired by Heather and just all that she had to share with us. And so we hope that it really blesses you and your family. And secondly, a quick announcement is that we are hosting our very first in-home workshop here in Fargo. So we are going to link the um, information in the show notes. So if you're interested in what that entails, um, you can find that information in the show notes. So we hope you love the episode. Have a great week. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Well, Heather, welcome. Thank you for having me here. We are so glad to have you. You are definitely a professional of being interviewed because you are often <laughs> featured on, what's the news? North Dakota Today. Yes, North right. Dakota Today. You have many uh, interview under your belt. Yes. So this is not your first run, um, but we're super excited to have you today and we just feel that your wisdom and input is going to be really valuable for us and also yes, for our listeners for sure. yeah. and it's a topic that I think is necessary to talk about. So, yeah. so thanks for being on the show. With yeah, us. it's so, so fun to be here. Thank <laughs> you. We're really pumped to have you. Um, let's just start by getting to know you a little bit. Um, tell our listeners just kind of what you do and who you are and sure. kind of who, who's Heather Beer? <laughs> who am I? So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I've been practicing at Valley Christian Counseling Center here in Fargo, just up the road nice. um, for, I think it's going on seven years now. Oh so my yeah, um, great organization. Enjoy my time there. And um, I first got into counseling. I actually was a music major in college and um, was going to go off in the world of of music and French horn playing and all of that (laughs) stuff. So, um, I took a detour, um, when, uh, when I found Jesus, when I was 19, when I first got to college. And so I knew right away that this very selfish, um, self-centered in my, this is how I saw it anyway, this self-centered, um, career that I was after this music career that was all about what I could do, how I could, um, you know, make it big, whatever that means for a French hornist. But <laughs> I mean, I was thinking like New York Philharmonic, that type of thing. Um, and I knew that just didn't fit with this new faith that I had. And it, I just couldn't um, make those two things jive. And so I just slowly lost interest. I, st- I still love being, I mean, I play the piano and I sing and stuff um, for our, our worship team at church, but um, I don't do any French horn playing anymore. So I miss that. But um, I, I just slowly lost interest in the music side of things and ended up up, um, finishing, I did finish my degree, but then went to graduate school right away and got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. It just was so evident that God was just like 
calling me. He said, it was just like, I want you to help people and mm. it's going to be this way. And I didn't have clue one what I was yeah. doing. It just, this, yeah. this, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. And so I'm yeah. going to go after that. And, um, and it was kind of crazy, but it was really good. It's probably one of the best decisions that I mm. ever made. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's Fun fact, cool. my mother's primary instrument was also the French horn. So. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of rare. Yeah, she it talks is. about like, that. I don't know a lot of people that have played the French horn. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of rare. She always said that it's one of the hardest instruments in the world to play. To play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty. Yes, there you go. to you. Way to go. That's awesome. I so. love it. Oh, oh funny. my gosh. That's awesome. So we kind of heard a little bit about what brought you to counseling and what brought you to wanting to help people. But what's been something that you, um, as you've been doing your practice now for however many, seven years and and all of that, like what has stuck out to you the most of like the need of just having counseling and just like the mental health and what have you, maybe I'm phrasing this bad. But I feel like there's such a stigma around yes. counseling. There's such a stigma around like, you know, getting help with mental health. But what have yeah. you? What has been more evident than ever that it, there's a need for it? Well, I think you're right that there still is a stigma. I, it it is dying uh, some, yeah. you know. Um, but I think that it still exists, especially for men. I think mm-hmm. there's more of a, a stigma for men than for women, yeah. and um, so. Bridging that gap, I think, is is just a hard thing, you know. So usually, if there's trouble in a marriage, it's going to be the woman who's kind of the the early warning sign, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of sounds the alarm that says something needs help, something's off. And so, um, I do get more women, obviously, coming in, you know, um, for initial appointments. Um, a lot of couples too, but um, to be able to, um, I think, I think being able to speak into a woman's life is a great thing because I think it can help her marriage and her husband and mm-hmm. her family. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing if I only get one member of the family, Yeah, you know, I don't yep. think that's bad at all. So, yeah, but you're For right. Sure. There is a stigma and, um, you know, the, the great thing about counseling is that it's just the, it, the focus is the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, you can have all of these theories and all of these techniques and all of that, but what really it boils down to the major change agent is the relationship. Mm. And so, um, people don't have to be scared of a relationship, mm. you know? And, and so it's like when we, we wanted to dig into life and we want to see, you know, how we can come alongside you. Mm. And so, um, it, it's not that we're sitting there doling out all of this, you know, advice. I know I've heard people say, well, I don't need somebody to tell me how to run my life. <laughs> and no, you don't, you yeah. don't need somebody to tell you how to run your life, you know? Right. Um, but Sometimes having an extra pair of ears and eyes on the situation just gives a new perspective. Mm-hmm. And some people just really need a place to vent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find that to be just such a big component of what I do. A lot of people come in and they just need to be heard. Mm-hmm. There's such yeah. there's such care in that, you know, mm-hmm. for, for people to find care by just having their story listened to. Mm-hmm. Right. It makes a huge difference. Totally. Cool. I love that. And I think, too, with mental health, specifically in a marriage... Um, you know, for a lot of couples, you, you, you long to have that healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And when one of you isn't healthy, it's hard to tell a friend that. It's hard to be yeah. like, because you don't want to talk poorly about your spouse yeah. and be like, he's not or she's not doing what she's mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. But at the same time, there's something that needs to be helped and loved in your marriage. And, you know, I think 
what I've appreciated about counseling is just it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the counselor doesn't know you. Right. You know, they don't know your mm-hmm. friendship. They don't even know your relationship. It's just yep. a safe, neutral place mm-hmm. to be heard. Yeah. And I think that that's a really valuable tool of counseling in general. Yeah. For sure. I like the term holding space for someone, you know, to just mm. be what they are. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that's a valuable thing because in, in, in our world, we're pressured to be all of these things and to right. do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like when people walk into my office, we shut that door and all of those things kind of fall away that's a little really bit. Cool. And it's just a moment to kind of hold what's in the moment. Yeah. Oh, that's Let beautiful. I love that. Cool. So we know that there's a, a stigma surrounding depression and mental health, but are there any common misconceptions that people come in with, you know, that they think... Um, depression is this and this is all it can be is there any misconceptions in that so one of the misconceptions is that you'll get like quote-unquote fixed you know Mm -hmm. after like one or two visits and Mm -hmm. that's just like not a thing (laughs) you know um so relationships take time and you know stories take time to unfold um but then I think the other misconception would be that you know I work in a faith-based community and in a faith-based environment and so a lot of people will think well Christians shouldn't struggle with depression mm-hmm. and I've heard people say well like anxiety is a sin or depression is a mm-hmm. sin and I just think that that's a horrible thing to put on someone yeah you know you just are where you are yep. and and you know if 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 exploring that can help you get out of it I want to explore that with you then yeah. you know yeah. because I just don't think God ever mm-hmm. looks down on us because of what's mm-hmm. going on in our emotional world I look at the life of King David <laughs> holy smokes that man was a man of some highs and lows you know and so he just yeah. had he had permission to be you know whatever he was which yeah. sometimes was raging and mad and and adulterous and lustful and you know and and, and then singing and not and worshipful it was just so many yeah. he just was everything and yet he was a man after God's own heart and so mm. I just wish that um we had more of that permission you know in our culture especially for men yeah um, you know to have that permission that David did to either dance and sing songs to the Lord or you know to mourn and Mm-hmm. and to feel those deep feelings. Right. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of like a man and a woman, so oftentimes a man and a woman will show depression differently. Yes. Um, so in your years of practice, what have been some of the significant differences that a man will show depression versus a woman? That is an excellent question because it's very true. And so um, when counselors are trained and we look at all of the um, the criteria for depression in the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, um, <laughs> the DSM, our Bible that's bigger, actually thicker than a Bible. Nice. Um, uh, you know, there's specific criteria, you know, it's like loss of interest in your normal activities and trouble sleeping or sleeping too much and loss of appetite or eating too much. You know, it's kind of these polar, um, polarized things that can be one or the other. And, um, and then, you know, depressed mood, sometimes suicidal thoughts, different things like that. And so, um, those normal, I, I shouldn't say normal, but those typical things, those signs that you see typically are more what women show mm. when they are showing up with depression. And um, the funny thing um, is that men will often go undiagnosed hmm. because they don't fit exactly. Um, men often have what one therapist has um, called a covert depression. Hmm. Um, Terry Real is a marriage and family therapist out in Boston, and he's written a book called I Don't Want to Talk About It, um, <laughs> Overcoming the, the Secret Legacy of Male Depression. It's an excellent book, and it's informed my practice quite a bit because um, this covert depression manifests itself in being um, withdrawn, in 
in kind of having these little addictions like um, I, I'm totally checked out on my phone on Facebook or mm. Craigslist or um, or Instagram or um, I don't know your fantasy football league or you know whatever mm. your choice you know or a game or video games or stuff like that you're kind of checked out and absent from the world and you're um, and while he may be the man might be feeling those those low feelings inside um, men aren't typically socialized to identify those things as mm. much as women are and so it may be kind of unnoticed you know even to him and so um, if he's not really noticing what's going on but just kind of withdrawing more that's a, a typical sign and then um, maybe he's working more maybe that's one of the little addictions that's going on and, and maybe that's too too far of a you know too strong of a word an addiction but um, just one of those coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that becomes bigger and kind of life ruling yeah. right um, you know it can turn into alcoholism and drug use and pornography use and you know it, any myriad of things but anything to mask the pain Mm. um while while um women tend to um internalize things and think there's something wrong with me men will externalize things and think there's something wrong in outside of Mm. of him and so and and neither one is better or worse that's just how we we tend to operate and so um it, that's part, I think, of why it can be a little bit tricky for a man to recognize that because he's looking outward at these things mm-hmm. rather than inward. And like I said, you know, men just not being socialized quite as much as women to identify their feelings. And, right. you know, um, one, I'm raising two little boys. And so one of the things that I will never tell my boys is that it's not okay to cry. Right. You know, and, you know, you get to feel what you feel and you get to be what you are. And that doesn't mean we have to act out on those things, you right. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we have years and years, um, generations of, of men who have grown up not having someone say that that's okay. Right. Not having someone say, hey, just be messy if mm-hmm. you are feeling really bad. And and just, um, you know, we can talk about it. Or if you want to cry, that's okay. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to go and scream outside in the backyard, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that covert depression is not a man's friend. Um, it is um, a sneaky little thing and keeps a man down, I think. And right. so because what has to happen is to be able to feel those things mm-hmm. to, to get over yeah. it. Yeah. We have to feel it. We have to uncover those covert feelings, which is painful. And yeah. we don't like to do those things, <laughs> yeah. which is why we, you know, we watch too much TV or we eat too much food or we smoke too many cigarettes or, you know, or drink mm-hmm. too much alcohol or whatever the thing is because we don't want to feel those things. So, you know, I guess to sum it up... Um, a woman's depression typically looks more like what you're going to see in, uh, you know, diagnostic manual. But mm-hmm. uh, a man's is going to be kind of flying under the radar oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Not always, but often. So one thing that you mentioned just in that description was the the permission to feel those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about often at Flora Pine Home that it's your home should be a safe place yes. for you to come home to, to retreat to. Mm-hmm. So, you know... What are some tangible ways that a husband and wife can create an atmosphere in their home where emotions are welcome? Um, You know, whether that just be in, you know, I don't even know what that would look like, but um, the permission to feel, the permission to not be perfect at home, you know, if you've had a bad day, to not take that personally on yourself and think he or she is mad at me or, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how can a family create a safe place to be able to feel and also to like work through some of those 
emotions that sometimes come with depression? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. So inviting a, a person to delve into what they might not even see, mm-hmm. but to explore those things. I think there's something about that invitation, like I'm going to be here and I notice something is seems off and I'm concerned about you and you just don't seem like yourself. Um, I'd love to, you know, do you want to say a few words? If you have a few words, I'd love to hear what's going on. And, and it's so, you know, this stuff is so sinister. It sneaks up on us. It's like the frog in the pot of boiling water. If you're familiar with that analogy. Uh So as the analogy goes, if you stick a frog in a pot of boiling water, it will jump out because it's hot. Ouch. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you stick a frog in a pot of water and slowly turn up the heat, it will sit there and boil to death because it doesn't perceive the temperature changes around it. Hmm. And so I don't know if that's actually true or not, (laughs) (laughs) but the, the, the point is that these things sneak up on us slowly. And Mm -hmm. when, you know, when it's not a huge temperature change all at once, like the going from the air to the pot of boiling water, and, and you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm not sleeping very well. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of overeating. Oh, I don't feel very good. Oh, but I had a good day here. You know, right, like just these yeah. little 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 things that just sneaks up. Um, I feel like so often this stuff can go for months, mm-hmm. you know, really undetected, and then all of a sudden you've got somebody who's really struggling, mm-hmm. and you don't really know what's going on, and they're not helping out around the house, and you feel bewildered, like you've lost your spouse, and you don't know, like, and then you maybe get mad, mm-hmm. and so paying attention to some of the early cues, I think, is is one of the the big deals. I especially talk about this, like, when, when after women have babies, mm-hmm. postpartum depression, you know, putting the new dad on mood duty, you know, like, yeah. like just paying attention to how she's doing is a really big deal because she's not going to notice. I mean, yeah. she might know just that she's feeling lousy, but, you know, she's not sleeping. She's up five times a night, whatever, you know, and to have someone looking in from the outside is such a valuable mm-hmm. thing. I mean, that's part of why we get married to have someone, yeah. you know, witness yeah. our lives. Right. Um, so creating that space. And, and one thing I really t- love to talk to couples about when I do, am doing couples counseling is we need to create a time and a space. Maybe it's 20 minutes a week. If that's what it is, great. If it's more than that, fantastic. But where you just get to sit and talk about life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. what do you need? What do you want? How's the week been? Maybe apologize for something. You know, mm-hmm. like, checking in, like, on the feelings side of things, too. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And so when you create that atmosphere, then that creates, I think, a better chance for you to catch things when early on. Right. Before it gets too bad. No. that's I like the early detection type mm-hmm. of method. You know, like if you start to notice just things are a little off or maybe you're a little different to like not just let those slip under the rug or the bed, but to like talk about those early on. Absolutely. Before they become a serious problem. Yep. Yep. So um, speaking in marriage senses, what is like a way if a spouse um, thinks that maybe their spouse is struggling with depression, what's a good way for them to maybe start that conversation or bring that up? Um, maybe from like both gender perspectives. Sure. Well, I think for a woman to go to her husband and say, you know, you just haven't seemed like yourself. Um, and then maybe just note, name a couple of the things that, that she's noticed and, and just, but gently, I think Mm -hmm. there's something so important about a woman being gentle with her husband, because, um, I, I really feel like we've, been kind of sold a bill of goods that men are these tough grizzly bears, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
you're just not Ryan, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, there, there's, there's something you know soft inside of them that wants to be wants a soft place to land, and I think that um, to be that as the woman for her mm. man, saying, man, you know, you, you just you seem down, you seem kind of checked out. I'm concerned. Like this just isn't you. Um, you know, we, could we go talk to our pastor or, you know, I could make an appointment for us to go in and talk to a counselor or you could go by yourself or have you talked to your doctor, you know, like Mm -hmm. just checking in. And a lot of times men aren't going to want to do that. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a stereotypical thing that I'm saying, but it's quite a bit true. Um, and so, you know, if you have a, a, another friend, uh, you know, a guy friend who's gone in or, you know, who might be on a medication or whatever, you know, um, that's always a good thing mm-hmm. um, to have, possibly have him speak into the situation. Of mm-hmm. course, you don't always know those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just to offer that care and concern and, and you know, it might be brushed off. You know, he might say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But be persistent and, and not naggy persistent, but, you know, check in a, a week later and then a week mm-hmm. later, you know, and just mm-hmm. say, no, this doesn't, you just don't seem like yourself and it doesn't seem like it's getting better. And, and I'm afraid that I don't want it to get worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you and I want you to thrive and it doesn't feel like that's what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, from the other side, um, you know, if a man were to detect um, something going on with his wife, I think it would be pretty much the same thing. You know, oh, honey, you just don't seem like yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're more um, irritable than normal or you're, you know, um, more uh, quiet than normal or and, and just saying the things that you notice. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing, I mean, unless you go to a person and are like, you have been such a jerk lately. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously that's not probably going to be totally. met with, you know, a, yeah. a, a welcoming <laughs> presence, but... Um, you know, when you're gentle and, and just say what you see, mm-hmm. this is what I see. It's not you. I'm concerned. Yeah. I want you back. Yeah. You know, that type of stuff. So I don't know if I'm going to ask this correctly, but you know, specifically with depression, a lot of times it looks different for everyone, but mm-hmm. let's just take the example of not being as, you know, bubbly or energetic or even able to do as much around the house or mm-hmm. to work as hard. Yep. You know, how can a spouse like practically love their spouse through that, you know, to not have the expectation of, well, you should be this way, right. you know, because in reality, mentally, they aren't able to be, you know, super yeah. vibrant and bubbly and as they maybe once were. Right. So, you know, how can, first of all, the spouse not get offended or take it personally mm-hmm. that they're disconnected, but also how can they love them well through that? Um in a way that honors their spouse and their marriage. And, you know, I don't know if I'm answering that or asking that super well, but I think I get it. Um, I think one of the things is allowing yourself to lower your expectations for both of you for a Mm. while, you know? And so maybe you do pick up the depressed person's um, chores for a while or, or just fill in a little bit or whatever, knowing that this is hopefully just a season, you know, because mm-hmm. when that type of stuff goes on for years and years, then that be, can become a very oppressive thing. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if the person won't get help and isn't getting better and, and it turns into a chronic type of situation, then that can really drain a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you've heard the um, saying, um, living with a depressed person is depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I advocate, you know, getting help early because you don't want it to go on. But, um, you know, maybe you, you, I, I heard an analogy once that a, a marriage that lasts a really long time is often characterized by one person being up and the other per, when the other one's down, mm-hmm. you know, and then they kind of switch places, you know? Yeah. And so it's yeah. like one person kind of carries and then, you know, maybe 
year or two down the road or a few months down the road or whatever, it switches. And so being able to kind of, okay, so the house isn't going to be perfect for a while or the, the, we're not going to have homemade meals every night (laughs) for for this winter or whatever. And, you know, and just saying, okay, we're going to order out and have pizza and, and just letting, being okay with that and even being creative with it. You know, can we have takeout, a takeout picnic on the floor of the living room, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of a home cooked meal or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think being creative and being grace, gracious, you know, yeah. in that, okay, and I'm not going to put shoulds on you. You should be doing this. Uh, you should be this. You should be happy. You should be whatever. Because um, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And you just can't can't muster that up. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's super powerful. No, and that's good. And I like what you said about just, like, pointing out true things that are going on, yeah. like, in the situation. And I think sometimes, like, for me, if I if I think Ashley has, like, like some sort of cold or flu or something, I'll like tell her like, I think you have this <laughs> because of this, you know, yeah. this symptom and this symptom. But I think it's so cool to just be like, I noticed that you've yes. been sleeping more. Mm-hmm. Is is everything okay? Is yeah. everything and not just being like, I think you're depressed. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. like right off the right, bat. Right, right. Totally. I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked how you said that, just pointing out the truths that are going on in the situation. Mm-hmm. Say so, what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast episode, but really, even when your spouse isn't maybe at its best, to still be calling out the best in them. Absolutely. You know, I think um, verbal affirmation is huge, especially when you feel like you're not yourself. Yes. You know, but still having your spouse be like, I look how you did so awesome today at this, or like, I noticed that you did this, and that's like huge. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, when you don't feel like you're yourself, that alone is like a very debilitating feeling. Right. So to have your spouse still be intentional about calling out the gold in you is mm-hmm. huge. Oh, yeah. I think so. So valuable. So if we have listeners today that are maybe just discouraged, either they're struggling with depression themselves and they don't feel like themselves or they feel as though their spouse may be struggling or maybe even their child, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe if they have kids or, or that kind of thing. Um, what encouragement do you have for them to just make them feel like they're not alone in this or that they're not crazy or that their marriage isn't falling apart? You know, um, what encouragement do you have for them? Well, one thing is that, um, these things don't last forever. Hmm. Um, thinking of this as a season, and one that will be shorter if you do get help, you mm-hmm. know, and if you do look for resources and people around you who, who can support you, um, then the, the season of being kind of off should be shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that even though it can be incredibly taxing and exhausting and just challenging in many ways, thinking of things as, okay, this isn't going to last forever mm-hmm. um, because it just generally doesn't. Yes, there are a few cases out there, you know, people with chronic depression who can't, you know, just kind of can't overcome it, but that's not the bulk of mm-hmm. um, the bulk of the population. Um, so thinking in those terms, and I just really think that the human spirit is such um, an amazing thing, and mm-hmm. it can just really rally um, given the proper care and nutrition, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And and so creating an environment that is 
um, and that is helpful, that mm-hmm. is loving, that is accepting, you know, those things are, are, I think that's part of the, the deal. So Ashley, when you were talking about, you know, caring for the person with words or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, I think that's a really important mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, so, and the thing is you're not alone and you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. You might feel like you're crazy, especially if you're not the one who's depressed yeah. and you're trying to, you know, get through to the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might not be having it, but you're mm-hmm. not crazy. And just hang in there. Yeah. So this is like a kind of a side note, but as you were talking about this, it kind of reminded me of a quote I once heard of, um, counseling isn't just for people that are struggling with depression. It can also be preventative. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, um, you know, kind of going back to the stigma of counseling, sometimes it feels like, well, I'm going to go to counseling when it gets bad. But do you feel as though counseling is um, beneficial and effective just for, you know, people that maybe don't feel like they're struggling but just want to be, to have an inner, like, heart check? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a, I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, I have a handful of people who will come in maybe, like, once a month or once a quarter and just kind of come in and chat and, you know, what do you think about this and here's how I've been doing with this and they want a little feedback from me and, you know, I think it's a really good thing because, you know, when we, when we don't express what's going on internally, then mm-hmm. that stuff does just tend to build and build. And then eventually things do mm-hmm. kind of get wonky or come out sideways or whatever. And so preventing that by doing some, mm-hmm. you know, maintenance yeah. counseling, I think is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So me and you have collaborated on a couple of projects mm-hmm. recently as you are kind of building your blog and your writing and um, just your mission statement. And recently you just created a free ebook all about depre- depression in men. I would call it a resource. A resource. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> a resource worksheet. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this. And as I've been designing it, I've loved just learning mm-hmm. what you've like kind of learned over the years and I found it really valuable just to design it because I'm like oh my gosh that makes total sense so um what inspired you to write it and what could people expect by you know gathering this resource or this worksheet yeah so what inspired me to write it was my own life um you know I've been living this um for several years now um my husband has suffered from depression for many years. He's 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 now realizing it's probably been the bulk of his life, mm-hmm. and um, and it's more recently come to light, and he's gotten some help, mm-hmm. and um, it's making a huge difference in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've often wondered in recent months how many marriages have been lost to depression. Mm-hmm. How many marriages have been just totally destroyed because maybe someone has depression or some mental illness and and they're not aware of it or don't want to get help or can't see it or whatever. And so I feel like I've just kind of made it my mission. I want to be a resource, not only for couples, but especially for women. Um, you know, how do you survive when your spouse is like basically Mm non-functioning, you know, because it is hard. And so I'm writing these things, not only, um, from my clinical experience, because I have women every single week who walk into my office who are dealing with a depressed man, Mm. um, every single week. And, um, so I'm not, I'm writing it from my clinical experience and my personal experience, I feel like it's my heart. I want, this just isn't a topic that's talked about. Um, you know, we talk about depression in general and we talk about, you know, women talk about it. Um, but it's just not something that 
I think we're even aware of for, for men, you know, like this is just not on the radar for us at all. And so giving people a voice and giving people just like the information, like, Oh, there could be something going on here. Mm -hmm. And that means that it could be helped. Like there could be hope for this. I feel like my biggest thing is I want to offer hope to people because it can be helped. It Mm -hmm. is treatable. And again, the earlier, the better, you know, but it's just, there's, there's help to be had. There's Mm -hmm. hope out there. Things can change. Right. Totally. Yes. And it is a, it's an awesome resource because it was actually sitting on the desk the other day and I read through it and I went to Ashley and I was like, it's like, babe, I've been ex- experiencing yeah. some of this wow. like recently and stuff like that. And so we had a big talk about it. Wow. And yeah, it was really so, valuable for So yeah. listeners out there, seriously, it's a great resource. Oh, and yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. definitely need to check it out if um, someone you know in your marriage has been experiencing this. It's, it's geared towards men, but it's just a great resource in yeah. general. So yeah. I, I really... I, yeah, I needed to hear it. it oh, really that's cool. so, so great. Yeah. yeah, it started a really good conversation for us. Oh, I'm so awesome. glad. Yeah. So moving forward, how can our listeners follow along with you? What's the best way to um, kind of read your blogs or find your resources? And Because um, at this time, a lot of them are free. Yes. You know, so you're offering this beautiful information. It's amazing. So what is the best way for people to follow along with you? My website is just my name, heatherbeer.com. And of course, that's a really weird name to spell. <laughs> we'll so. link it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. And then um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as awesome. well. Cool. And we'll link all of Heather's handles as well in the show notes so you guys can follow along with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this was a really valuable conversation. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. This is good. We awesome. hope that this was life-giving for our listeners, yes. and it was just really enlightening for us as well. So thank you so much for yeah. thank you both thank you. taking the time yep. to chat with us. Um, it's been really valuable. So Cool. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. As you guys know, we like to end the podcast episodes with a question. However, we completely forgot to ask Heather for a question when she was sitting across from us. So we sent her a quick message of what question she would have asked. And so her question um, for this episode is, what stigmas do you have surrounding mental health? All right, see you in a couple weeks.